from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. I'm Assistant Editor Brock Fritz, and this episode of the podcast will cover Juneteenth, diversity, and how a credit union formed in the middle of an underserved area of Toledo. Suzette Cowell, CEO and Treasurer of Toledo Urban Federal Credit Union, joins the podcast to discuss the early days of the $12.3 million asset credit union and how it continues to focus on financial education. Cowell was there from the beginning, a former bank employee who was asked by a church and a congresswoman to create a credit union. She walks the listeners through the community members' need for a credit union, how Toledo Urban Federal formed, how it connected with members, the importance of diversity, and her belief in diversity observation days. Continue listening to hear the story of Toledo Urban Federal Credit Union. So actually, first you want to just introduce yourself, how you got involved in credit unions, what your role is. My name is Suzette Kyle. I am a founder of Toledo Urban Federal Credit Union. I'm the CEO and treasurer. Before I did this work, I worked at Toledo Police Credit Union as a loan officer. Okay, so a couple credit unions. What do you like about them? I love the way there's a personal relationship with the members and that the members feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you about everything that's going on. One of the things I think that I learned here that we even have members file bankruptcy and then after the bankruptcy is over, they will come back and pay us. Yeah, you only do that if you're comfortable with people and know them. Yes, yes. So yeah, you said you're a founder. Mm -hmm. How did Toledo Urban start or what kind of led to that? What were the goals? Okay, well, I'll go give you the quick the quick story of it. I work at a bank, and if you lived in four three six zero seven or four three six zero six zip code, you got turned down. It didn't matter where you worked at or anything else. They just looked at the zip code. They open up the file enough to look at the zip code and put denied on it. And so, this one day, I don't know what I was going through. It was just too much for me to handle. It was a yep. deal a deal. And I took it down to them and they said, denied. And I, I just started crying. I didn't even know who the person was. I just started crying. And I was walking down the hallway and I said in my voice to God, I was talking to him. I said, one day there's got to be an institution that people don't get turned down for the zip code that they live in. Well, guess what? We're now in that zip code. So he had to hear me. Yep. <laughs> So you're located in one of those zip codes? Okay. And so um, that happened when I was working at the bank. And then I, um, my sister had passed and um, I had met this one minister and the bank, RTC took it over. The government took it over finally. And um, I went to his Bible study and he said to me, he said, um, would you look into a financial institution? for our church. So I went to the library the next day and I got, they only had one book about credit unions. 
And so I took it home and I read it and I had this fire. And then in August of that same year, there was a shooting. It was three young men execution style. I literally heard the guns sitting in my living room. So the next day they called for peace in the community and Congresswoman Captor was there. And uh, they had talked about ways of bringing the community together. And the number eight item was credit unions. So, you know, I was excited because I had been working on this for this church. And so Congresswoman Captor said to me, if you would work on this for the community, because the community really needs it. And she said, I will help you in whatever way I can. And so that pretty much is the birth. Great. So do you find that you have maybe a lot of those members who were without that service before? Or does that come up in conversations and everything? Yeah, what happened was we went ahead and we opened. And uh, it took us four years to get our charter. And I'm going to just be real about it. The NCUA had not chartered a credit union in eight years. So they made us jump through the hoops yeah. <laughs> because they were going, you know, financing. I mean, they were a brand new credit union. And so we started out probably in the first month with about 800 members because we had a church service and we opened accounts during service. By September of that year, we had 2,800 members. And we were told that we were the fastest growing in the United States. And we literally had people standing around the block trying to get into the door. We had two staff members. We didn't get lunch hours. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get anything. And Congresswoman Captor, because everybody in the city was talking about this long line that we used to have. She stopped by one day and brought me some flowers because the line was just unbelievable. When we um, started with the credit union, I made a promise to God that before we started any day of work, we would have prayer. And so our members knew that. So they would come and pray with us in the morning and still till today. How do you think like seeing that at the bank and these other experience impacts how you lead as the CEO? Well, you know, I think we talked about the demand of the credit union, but we really didn't understand the demand, how it was going to play out. And so, you know, the people just started coming and there was a lot of people that what we found that people didn't ever have credit. They had doctor bills because they didn't have insurance. So they had never purchased a car. They had never had a credit card. They, they didn't have any kind of credit. So it was the education. That was the biggest component in growing our credit union was teaching them how to be financially stable. So we don't really do a lot of advertisement. We really don't have to because it's just word of mouth. And a lot of our members, corner store members in our community, you go to the corner store and they do the loans, check cashing, <laughs> and this is generational. So when we came in, we had to kind of break that cycle. They would come to the credit union instead of going to the corner store. 
diversity, equity, inclusion, how has that shifted over your career? Also, where do you still see room to grow there? Well, I'll tell you, when we, I would have said that we were probably 95% African-American. Okay. We went on television to talk about payday lending. We did a segment on a Sunday and Monday morning, you couldn't get in our credit union. And it became diverse real quick because people did not know that there were other people in their same situation. And so we became very well diverse after that. Is there anything specifically you think can be improved on or whether it's at your credit union or just kind of finances in general? Well, you know, what we found out that like with the predatory lending, that different people get into it for different reasons, of course. And one other thing that we found out in that whole process is that a lot of people that go to school and graduate still can't read or write. And so that's how the predatory lender is able to help them because they know that already. They've studied the community and they know that. So when, they, when you come in, they say, oh, come on over here, sir, where you live and your name and all that kind of stuff. And then all you got to do is sign on the dotted line. So it's not even about the interest rates or anything like that. It's just about this gets me to where I need to go. So I think that credit unions have a great opportunity because they get to know their membership. And in these days and times, you really have to know your membership. So, yeah, we're planning on running this along with Juneteenth. What does that mean to you when you hear Juneteenth or when you think about it? Well, when I think about it, I think it's, uh, I'm glad that it's now a federal holiday. I think it's uh, long overdue. And I think it shows that because you're doing an article on Juneteenth, because there's a lot of credit union members that will be surprised. Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm really happy that you're doing this. So do you guys have any plans to recognize it or whether at the credit union or just kind of you individually? Well, I know that we're going to do something with um, the library and uh, we'll be social media. And we've been asked to be a part of different celebrations. What is the importance of recognizing Juneteenth or Women's History Month or any of those observation days? Well, women, I think not Women's History Month. So, you know, that's my heart right there. Yeah. I think it's important. I think because, you know, we, I always tell people, I have, I have children more than one, and everybody has a different personality. And I think that when we are, as mothers, that when we're working in this world, we know that everybody has their different personality and we have to work with them on where they're at. Is there anything else you want to add or anything cool going on at the credit union or just anything? We're just uh, doing day by day financial literacy working with our members and um, making sure that they understand what their financial limitations are and that they can work for something, you know, like for a house. 
if maybe today is not the day, maybe six weeks or six months from now is, mm-hmm. and we just work with them through all these different processes in life. Yeah, taking that approach, do you do you find you hear back from members fairly often? Oh, yes. Just like, yeah. Yes, because we do a little different. Our financial counseling is a little different. We don't really do a classroom setting. We do one-on-one. So that makes it better. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.